This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 441. Uh, thank you, Steve Downs. He's our new he's our new hype man. That's it. You're stuck with Steve forever. And by stuck with, I mean blessed with. Your timeline's been blessed with Master Chief himself. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is the world's number one Xbox podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. Miranda Sanchez. Hello. And a very okay. chatty Brandon Tyrell, who <laughs> needs to monitor the, the timer that we're working with here. I, I did not realize you had started <laughs> counting down. Sorry, I, just, just... I was just trying to do a PSA that they're putting in a driveway next door. So if you hear what sounds like destroyed concrete, that's probably it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, that, keep an eye on that timer on your screen, Brandon Tyrell, for all show-related <laughs> things. <laughs> that's, uh, that is what we're up to. Because that's how uh, we're professionals. We pretend. We pretend convincingly that we're professionals. Uh, anyway, coming up on the Podcast Unlocked this week, I want to start with Gears Tactics. It is out today. A bunch of us have played it. We'll start there. But also uh, Phil Spencer teasing some big stuff coming up. I definitely want to spend time on that. And then drama in WWE land over at 2K. Some, uh, some good news, bad news situation Although some people might look at it as good news, good news, depending on your point of view uh, with that. So we'll get to all that. I want to start, as I mentioned, with Gears Tactics. It's out today. It is not out yet for Xbox, but it's out on PC. I've been playing a bunch of it. Brandon Tyrell, I know you've played a lot of that video game as well. You're in about the same place as I am, if not a little farther. And Miranda, you've dabbled. Yes, I've been playing. I'm not as much as I'd like, uh, as I was saying before the show. Since we work at our PCs all day, yes. I don't also want to be it all evening. So I've been just been playing uh, kind of piecemeal. So not as much as I'd like, but just because I do need to get away from my computer at some yeah, point in the day. It's it's totally understandable. <laughs> now, Brandon, yeah, you're I think the farthest along out of any of us. What what are your thoughts on this game? Because it for me, this is. I admit, I think, I, I'll just be honest, I slept on this game. Not that I was thinking it was going to be bad, but I just wasn't really paying attention to it at all, maybe because it's PC only and not Xbox. But, mm. boy, I fired it up, and I've had a hard time putting it down. You? Yeah. I, I mean, there, our review is live right now, and I, I looked over Dan's review, and we actually had a brief conversation about it. And both of our points actually really mirrored each other kind of perfectly. Um, we were both on the same sort of wavelength for the game, but I think it's really strong. It's a really, really strong XCOM game. If you're familiar with that franchise and I'm a huge XCOM fan as well. Um, so I was going into it thinking that it was going to be um, sort of like baby's first XCOM or maybe XCOM light, like a good introduction, yeah. but it's not, it's, it's a fantastic tactical game um, that really does a great job at taking every all the little details of Gears of War and baking them into that really, really well. So things like executions are meaningful. Uh, you know, you've got your your normal locust enemies and then your main bosses, right? Which are some of the bigger creatures that you'll fight. Um, but just like the active reload has nods and mentions in there as well. Um, the, the you know Gears of War is a third person cover shooter. This translate that translates that so well. 
uh, with things like moving your characters around. And if you go into cover, you get to move a little bit farther, which is kind of an awesome nod to like slamming into a box or a concrete barrier or something. So I think it's a really solid XCOM tactical game and um, it uses the Gears franchise really, really well. It's not just a licensed stab at the genre, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good good way to put it because that's as I started to think about it. I mean, I I really liked Halo, both Halo Wars games. I reviewed one. I don't think both of them. I think I reviewed the first one for IGN, and Halo I thought translated exceptionally well to a real time strategy format, which made sense because Halo originally started out as a real time strategy game. If, as Bungie was following up Myth, the Fallen Lords, their game before Halo, mm-hmm. and you know, with managing the units and, and and Ensemble, the creators of the original Halo Wars, did a great job of translating uh, the control scheme of a real-time strategy game to a gamepad, and it just felt good, played well, had the great uh, blur cinematics, and was just super well done. But uh, yeah, you're you're so on point with uh, with your observation about how the third person stop and pop cover gameplay of gears is a perfect fit for turn-based tactical strategy it just works super well and i i've i really uh i am super enjoying this game even i mean if i had to pick a a, i've had a few little like kind of camera issues here and there i don't know about you but outside of that like it's yeah the production value is super high and it's Splash Damage is the co-developer on this. I think they're the kind of primary developer alongside with you know with help from the coalition. And Splash Damage is a, is a studio that has their roots in first-person shooters. So this is just like really well done all around. Yeah, I don't think they could have picked a better genre for this. I was trying to think of when I started playing it, I, I realized I never quite thought of the Gears franchise that, that it could work in a sort of tactical um, a tactical strategy game like this. Yeah. I was trying to think of other genres that they could move gears into, but I think this is a perfect a perfect matchup, man. Like like you were saying, that cover based stuff just it ports over so well. And again, I can't stress enough that like the level of polish from like the cinematic cutscenes in there to a lot of the lore and the world building that happens. Um, admittedly, you know, it's pretty straightforward. I didn't think the character stories were super strong, but you know, they're likable enough to enjoy the characters. Um, but it's, it's, it just all really works well. And, and I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't tell people that you should check it out if you're a fan of gears or if you're a fan of XCOM, I think there's enough overlap there where both sides of that coin can really find something to enjoy out of gears tactics. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Cause the three, the, the three of us that have played, cause I think Destin, you haven't had a chance to dive in yet. Have you? No, but I've been uh, watching yet. all Mitchell's coverage and the gameplay. It's right yeah. up my alley. I love XCOM, so. But I think I think with I'm going to toss to you here, Miranda. The the you, me, and Brandon are sort of uh, more. Actually, you and I are Gears fans. Brandon's more of an XCOM fan. So uh, there is, and Dan and Stapleton, our reviewer, is abs- XCOM's his favorite game ever, uh, <laughs> or along with maybe what Civilization. Like he's a big strategy guy. So it is. We we have kind of both kind of. Uh, intersected at it and and uh really found the appeal you know and and similar to how i i'm not a big strategy guy but i was i enjoyed the heck out of halo wars because i understood the language of halo yeah i i'm kind of the same way with gears tactics where i'm i'm not really an XCOM, i'm not really a tactical strategy player but 
I've been able to to dive right into it because I understand the language of gears, Miranda. Right. So it's like you're able to see these set pieces and these enemies and these items and everything kind of put in this world in a really meaningful way. And I think that's what's exciting is like getting to see something differently. Uh, I think obviously Gears is a super solid shooter. We love it. But like getting to see it put in like a tactical way is like really cool because a lot of the enemies that of course were like maybe kind of a bother in the shooter are also still a bother here, like even more so maybe. And it's it's cool to see just how well they've made use of the setting for Gears Tactics. And I think, I I mean, like I don't, I haven't beaten it, so I can't say, but I think it'd be really cool to see them keep exploring things like this with the Gears series. Mm-hmm. Um, just to keep it like, I guess, just buried. Yeah. I mean, not that, they, not that the core series is like, is lacking. It's just very cool to see them exploring and playing with different places in like a very serious way and not just like, oh, well, as you said earlier, it's like a, a licensed thing that we just threw into some other genre and <laughs> yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really like uh, yeah. to, to your point about all, all the familiar enemies that come in. Like I like that they use the, uh, they use the nemesis in a certain mission variety type where you have to out. It's like, you have to just keep running forward to stay out of the, out of the bombing <laughs> range of the nemesis. And you've got like when the, uh, when the Theron guards come out, Oh, yeah. uh, you're like, oh god, no! And you 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 have to make sure you are spread out. You're not all bunched together, so you don't all get blown up at once. And and the boomers, you know, they move slow, but uh, and of course there are e holes that emerge, and they'll last for three turns if you don't throw a grenade in there to fill them up. But of course, the grenades are only good for once every so many turns. So yeah, it's just it's exceptionally well done. It's and, also uh, yeah. A- like a pretty good challenge. Like I have a hard time with some of the levels. Um, I guess just because tactically, like I I don't play a ton of tactics games. Like I play Fire Emblem, but that's like very different from what XCOM does. And so trying to wrap my head around like certain things and like just being aware at all times of like how are all my units doing in health? Like have they all reloaded recently? How could I combo people? Who should be near each other? Who should be away from everybody else? I kind of just like figuring all of that out is really fun and just so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with those gears things, so like having um, e-holes or something and making sure that someone goes and closes it immediately is really fun. Uh, yeah. I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. Good and stuff. There's, there's a lot of cool little, Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to move on? Uh, no, go ahead. Finish the point. I was going to say, there's a lot of cool little details in there as well. Like they don't just throw e-holes in there as like monster closets because that's part of the gears lore. There are really cool ways to interact with all of this stuff. Like if you have a gun that when you shoot a guy, it pushes him back, you know, I think it's called the disrupt feature. If you throw an overwatch over an e-hole and an enemy pops out towards you, when you shoot him and knock him back into the hole, it's an insta kill. So like there's a lot of really cool little details that they, they actually put a lot of thought into it. The way the progression works the way all the different skills work together. It, there's a point where if you have a sniper and you build them the right way, you can shoot like eight times per turn, which feels a little crazy and broken, but um, it is a very solid effort from that tactical side, not just a a cool Gears port, you know? All right, so our unlocked message is play Gears yeah. Tactics. Don't, don't sleep on it. It's really good. Uh, I'll actually one other point on the, this. I do feel like because we, we have had it confirmed that it is coming to Xbox. Like right. we, we know that that's happening. I would be uh, 
not at all surprised if this ends up if they if they get that release out for Series X launch and have that as another game optimized for Series X, but then of course playable on the the One and the One X as well this fall. Because you know you get, that, that's like six months from now. That's theoretically enough time for them to finish a uh, a console version. <laughs> and you know, unlike. Uh, Real time strategy, which is which is certainly harder to convert to a gamepad, and Halo Wars, I think, still has done the best job of it of any real time strategy game. But I think you'd agree, Brandon and Miranda, that that this Gears Tactics could absolutely be playable on a gamepad, no problem. Oh, totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also think like game's beautiful, right? Like it looks really, really good. A couple of texture issues from uh, time to time, but. Um, the lighting in particular, I think, is really awesome, which could marry, to your point, with the Series X launch, could marry really well with that onboard RT tech that they're talking about. Um, so I could definitely see like this making its console debut with the Series X, you know, really touting that new lighting system alongside, yeah. you know, Minecraft, how they're gearing up with that uh, ray tracing launch or relaunch as well. So, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that happening. And I kind of feel bad because I know a lot of people were really bummed that this isn't available day one for Xbox because, of course, a lot of Gears fans out there, people who are just curious about this game want to play. Um, but I do appreciate that they are saying, like, hey, we really care about PC players. And, like, that's a different kind of audience the way we built it. We want to make sure it was a really great PC game first. Um, so I know it's a bummer, but it is cool to see that they are trying to cater to that audience as well. Um, just because like so many games are available on PC for, for Xbox. And so I think kind of doing it the reverse way is interesting. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll see more of that in the future, which might be to the dismay of some players. But the good thing is that it will be coming to Xbox. And I, like you said, I think having it with the Series X is just going to be the best way possible to do it. Yeah. And you know, we already know that we're getting on day one of Series X. We know we're getting Halo Infinite. And mm-hmm. we also know that we're getting... Uh, a Series X optimized port of Gears Five. That mm-hmm. that was part of the initial sort of reve- the re- recent reveals that that's that's all in the works for uh, for the Series X launch as well. So could be a a uh, even though it won't be necessarily totally new games for Gears as it will be with Halo. It might we might have some some fun stuff to uh, to play with Gears wise on the Series X to help show off the power of the new console, and that should be fun. Uh, this got me thinking too, now that, all right, so Gears Tactics is out. I went and looked up the Metacritic on it so far is 81. So kind of the general critic consensus, which is, which is exceptional. I mean, when you're, when you're rounding everybody up like that, 81 is, is impressive. And I'll tell you, you know, we, Xbox is from us, from everybody has taken a lot of deserved criticism in recent years over the, the state of, uh, the first party output, I mean, look at last year, there were two, two first-party releases. One bad, one excellent, <laughs> but two already in 2020, and we're here at the end of April now, we've already had three games, and they're batting 667. They're two for three. <laughs> we had, uh, again, Gears Tactics at an, at an 81 Metacritic. You're, uh, you're swinging a miss of sorts. Sorry, I mean all due respect bleeding edge i don't think anybody's going to really argue that that's a hit game 67 on metacritic uh but then ori and the will of the wisps now this is real hard to do to actually main hit and keep a 90 or above on metacritic is 
very top tier. I mean, that is upper upper echelon. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps has a 90 on Metacritic. So um, extremely impressive. So two out of three. And just, just a quick rundown. Here's what's still due out this year from Xbox Game Studios. Again, with the context, two games, all of 2019. Two. So three already. We've got Minecraft Dungeons coming up. That's got a release date. We've got Microsoft Flight Simulator in the mix, which, you know, you could argue that maybe you don't want to play it because it's not a game per se, but there's a ton of interest and buzz around this. This That series was huge in its heyday yeah. on PC. Don't count it out. It's a, there's a huge market for Microsoft yes. Flight Simulator. It's one of the biggest games we cover on IGN. People exactly. are really, really so, excited for that game. Yeah, and I for really, the... Okay. I just really want someone to stream it and I want to tell, I want to send them places and that's it. Like, can you go these places for me? Like, <laughs> I just want to see them. <laughs> Miranda's running a virtual Microsoft flight simulator, like Uber eats. For the younger crowd, Microsoft flight simulator really dominated the nineties and the two thousands. Like that was a very big, my my best friend in the world actually learned to fly a plane just playing Microsoft Flight Sim wow. as a kid growing up. And then when he went to do his pilot license, they were like, oh, wow, yeah, you're you're pretty good to go. It's a little more involved than that. But like it is a very, very simulation based flight sim. Um, and I think this time around, just the fact that it's jaw droppingly beautiful will be very cool to see. Well, and the, the thought occurs to me, too. I hadn't really considered this till I start, till I looked at this list and stopped and thought about it, but uh, I don't know when Flight Simulator's coming out, but uh, people might really want to indulge in it given that we're all stuck at home. Like, mm-hmm. a simulation game where you can go fly over cool landmarks and places in the world since you can't really do it in real life right now. Might show give me it a, Hawaii. Yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah. Extra, a little extra appealing there. Do we have uh, any dates on that one yet, Ryan? Nothing yet. Uh, they did an alpha I, in January. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's they're clearly going to be taking their time with it. I mean, I could see that being another one that that maybe is a is a launch kind of game. Obviously, it's coming to PC, but uh, as most of these, well, all of them are, but but PC and and a Series X version. Because if you want to experience it in the in the beautiful way that they've shown it, you're going to need a high end PC or a Series X to do yeah. that. Um, and then, so moving down the list. Uh, tell me why, which again, it's dot not is, is a, uh, has proven to be a very capable, very talented studio. And they're, they're telling uh, what is, what looks like to be a very interesting story here over in an episodic format. Then you've got a game. We don't think about much because we haven't heard about it in a long time, but I would, pre- I would hope it's coming out in 2020 because it was supposed to come out last year. And that's battle toads, the new battle toads game. Then you've got Wasteland Three, another one that had that had suffered a delay uh, at the hands of the the uh, work from home situation. That is now coming out at the end of August. No date on this, but again, until we hear otherwise, twenty twenty. Psychonauts Two from Double Fine, hmm. uh, which okay, I'll, it is coming to PS Four as well because it was already in development for PS Four prior to uh, to the acquisition of Double Fine by Microsoft. So. It, it doesn't count as an exclusive, but it's an Xbox Game Studios game. And then, of course, Halo Infinite uh, alongside the launch of the Series X and what we all 
very much presumed to be Forza Motorsport 8 as well. So uh, there, there's that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. That's 11 games that could all be out this year. <coughs> but uh, and, and, and actually, Brandon, we're not even counting if Tunic ships this year as a mm. you know, high profile, super exciting yeah. uh, indie game. And um, the other one I know that spoke to me at E3 last year was 12 Minutes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm very interested. I was going to ask you about that, actually, because I'm stoked. I want Ooblets. Ooblets. I know, yeah. Miranda's been waiting a long, long time. I have a list of, like, some of the indie (laughs) games that they've been showing for a while, and I'm like, please. Is is Ooblets exclusive? Is that Xbox PC only? Uh, As of right now, I think they still are. Still are? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, nice. I think online they have them listed as still Xbox PC. I think yeah. the only game outside the one you mentioned that's also going to other platforms is Wasteland Three. I think that's hitting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, you're right yeah. about that. That is that is true. But still, again, it is an Xbox. It is For Microsoft sure. putting games out, just like the Outer Worlds. You know, was already in development before the the ink was dry. So we're yeah. gonna get. Um, but you know, Minecraft still is on every platform right? that's true so, minecraft's everything uh, yeah, yeah i don't know maybe they're maybe they'll open things up it feels i don't know i don't know if you guys feel like this but just it feels like all the major first parties are working together better than they have in the past no lately, doubt anyway so i'm i'm very excited next gen i don't know if next you know the arrival of next gen consoles sort of rebuilds those walled gardens um that we're kind of used to but I'm really liking the cohesion and the synergy between Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft right now. Yeah. You love to see it. You love to see <laughs> you it. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, so yeah, there's uh there's a lot of a lot of reason to be optimistic. So again, that's what did we just say? Eleven eleven games, not even counting the the ID at Xbox titles. Or the plus the strongly rumored stuff. Right. Plus uh there's we've got another wave of announcements that will be coming from all the new studios now that they've been acquired like like Brandon the whatever the pillars of eternity team at obsidian right. is doing uh, i didn't i also didn't include grounded in this list because mm-hmm. while it is do there is supposed to be a release this year it's a it's a, a game preview an early yeah. access release yeah. so i mean you could count it i'm not i'm not going to count it here but uh but yeah and then of course the second team at Playground, which we all figure to be making the Fable reboot and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, on that note, the game reveals uh, are, uh, they appear to be coming very soon. Phil Spencer mm. taking to Twitter this past week saying, uh, I reviewed plans uh, yesterday at the time he wrote this for continued sharing of information through launch. The team is doing great work and adapting. I've never been more excited about Xbox plans. We've heard you. You want transparency and authenticity. We plan to keep showing that way. And the next step is not too much of a wait, parentheses, games. So it would seem that whatever the next event for Microsoft is, uh, is going to be game related. Now, whether that's going to happen in... uh, in May, as some scuttlebutt seems to be be uh, indicating, or the sort of more traditional early June window for what used to be E3, but sooner rather than later, the games are going to start to get announced finally. Yay! I'm so excited. I think sure in order for, too. sorry, Miranda. 
Oh, you're fine. I was just to say, I, I think everyone else is too, just for if they were to do a May showing, I wouldn't mind if they just do like little teases. It's like, all right, and then more at the beginning of June. And they do their deep dive during like the E3 timing. That'd be really smart. I think that would be really cool. I think I think in order for Xbox to move the needle, it's good that they're coming out with those temple items like Halo, Forts, and everything. They need new IPs. Hellblade 2 had such an amazing reaction on social just because of the the technology behind it and how impressive that was. Imagine that was a, a really enticing new narrative-driven IP. Something like that would be really, really neat. Like if the new Fable ends up being a little bit more serious in tone, still has that sort of subtle humor and the technology similar to what they've showcased in something like Hellblade, like with the lighting and everything, maybe not the facial yeah. tech because of the, the theme of Fable. But I, I think that would get a lot of people really talking about what Xbox is going to be capable capable of, especially right now when Sony has been so quiet. So, Dustin, to your point, I think also it's something that tonally that people are craving is just like something different. Yeah. So I think what I noticed with Hellblade was that is just such an aggressive, like yeah. dark trailer. Mm-hmm. I think that caught a lot of people off guard because they didn't know what like Hellblade was or maybe didn't get like how intense it is. Yeah. Um, after that went up i was kind of just like reviewing some of our old work and i saw so many people going to our review and being like who's here because of the hellblade trailer (laughs) and stuff and it's like all those kinds of things just because people didn't know about this before and i think to your point if they can really come up with something that's just like maxing in the face because it's so interesting then Mm -hmm. that's just going to be a great win to have alongside halo and all of their other great ips yeah a lot of people have pointed towards grounded i think grounded is interesting but i think uh narrative stuff are or seem to be what people are searching for yeah i i couldn't agree more i mean i i think i said it on the podcast but that last trailer for grounded it it moved it from a game that i wasn't really at all interested in thus far to a game that okay the the the, the, uh, you're you're getting my attention here but I agree with you, Destin. I don't think Grounded, again, with all due respect, really moves the needle in a big way. But what, whatever Obsidian's other team is up to could do that. Uh, and then I want to ask you guys, do you think, let's if we do have a, a games-focused showcase coming up very soon, is this the time when the initiative unveils whatever it is that they've been building for the last three years? Nope. No, I mean, not yet. Do I want it to be? Hell yes. Is it going to be? Hell no. They were like, just put together, you know, so like, there's no way they're revealing anything. Not, not even a, not even a CG teaser. No, I think at, the most we get is a Metroid Prime logo. Like, a logo? At best, we got a logo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to their website right now to see how many critical jobs I still have open. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yeah. And that's why I say, regularly, no. And there's Careers. a bunch. Yeah, and the last time I checked, it's like, oh, you really need that to design your game. So it's probably yeah. it's like right. senior designer. designer, senior writer. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna optimistically disagree with you guys and say okay. that that, that uh, the the next event is going to they're gonna make a ton of announcements and really say say hey we we've shown you the box we've shown you how capable the console is now here's all the cool stuff we're doing forward, uh, doing for it long term, and then I think the event after that, which you know whether that's in the sort of the traditional E3 quote unquote time frame, will be more of deep dives on the launch games. I think we're going to get basically a 
a long-term games showcase. Like here's early looks at some some stuff that's that's a bit down further down the road. And then I think separately from that, we're gonna get the super deep dives on the 2020 launch window kind of games where it's like, let's let's dig into exactly what you're gonna be playing this fall. So just going back to the initiative for a split second. Do it. Our six lead roles open right now. <laughs> lead gameplay animator, lead cinematic animator, mm. uh, lead audio designer, lead technical designer, lead online engineer, and that's it. Hmm. So it probably has multiplayer if there's an you online engineer. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I mean, but again, you're not you're not disagreeing you're not disagreeing with me though, Miranda, because like I said, I'm saying there could still be just teases for longer yes. term stuff. So they might yes. still they might still announce it. I feel like they could definitely lead some or kind of lead with some like very light teases of what, what they're going for thematically with it. Um, but as far as actual here's what this game's gonna be, I think it's gonna be very far off. I think what else? What else, Brandon? What's going? What's 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 what are we going to get announced here from the initiative? I think well, best from, case scenario in general. We, in general, okay, to bookend the initiative, I think best case scenario we get is one of those EAs making Star Wars sizzle reels, where it's a bunch of B roll of developers using their digital tablets. Right, saying, right. We can't wait to show you what we're working on. Right. Um, which you know, if there's nothing to show, I'm totally fine with that. But I don't imagine we see actual, you know, the nuts and the bolts of it. I, I agree like, with that. Yeah, I feel like they just really have to nail yeah. showing off whatever this is because I feel like they've really hyped up what they're trying to do here. They're like, we're trying to innovate video games with a quadruple so, A experience. Think, like, okay. <laughs> so here's the I think I, I agree with you guys if it's a new IP, but if it's Perfect Dark or some other IP that they're working on, I think they would rather get out ahead of potential leaks and just say, and and have have the announcement be on their terms, even if it's just like a cool, hey, we're rebooting this logo. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I'm just we gonna should. go on the record and say there's no way it's gonna be perfect dark. Okay. All right. We have no we way. have you on tape. Is there a bet? There a <laughs> we bet? Have you on tape. I will I'll... give you <laughs> my San Francisco 49er pillow. <laughs> There's no oh, wow. way. What a prize. <laughs> I know. Slightly used. Um, there, there's no way. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think we see some Halo stuff, obviously. Actually, you, Ryan, the, the point that I wanted to bring up, which you covered yeah. extremely well, I think Microsoft have three main points to talk to. They have to talk about the launch lineup, like you said. They have to talk about their future plans for Xbox to convince people to buy this thing. And then they also have to talk about the price. So there are three three main points of news. I imagine one of their events will talk about all their future plans, like you were saying, and try to convince people like, hey, speaking directly to the Sony fans, actually, I think what it is, is like, hey, we know you like Sony for a particular thing. Like Miranda said, those very tonally heavy, moody, sort of mature games like The Last of Us and now Ghosts and, and you know, what Sony does really, really well, God of War. Um, speak to those guys. Then another point, they'll drop the price. And I imagine they might also talk about Lockhart if there is one in development as well. And that would be a really great point to position. Well, this is how much the Series X is going to cost. We also have this version that does what it does for less. Uh, and then the third point, you know, circling back to what you said, Ryan, the launch lineup. So 
they need to sell exactly what games you're going to be able to play day one on the Series X if you decide to pick one up. Um, there's a, it's kind of weird. It's it's a little flexible and fluid right now, I think, because there is so much overlap between the Series X and the Xbox One X since they want to support it for so many more years. So I'm not sure how they're going to position that, but I imagine we're going to get announcements from uh, Infinite. We'll we'll get the big blowout deep dive at some point in the near future. Um, I hope we find out whatever um, um, Obsidian is working on as well. And then I imagine we're going we're going to get another peek uh, f- at Playground, whatever they're doing. I'm not saying it's the other Playground team, the one that we think is working on Fable, but we might see whatever's in the tank, so to speak. All right, good stuff. That 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 pause was brought to you by Red Rigos, our producer. That was for <laughs> you, buddy. Uh, all right, next topic this week: WWE, uh, the the two oh K WWE two K games. <laughs> This is, uh, you know, the, the drama is scripted on WWE in, in the, the actual. Wrestling's not fake. Athletic- <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I've, opened the, I've opened Pandora's box now. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, you, you couldn't really script this uh, in terms of what's going on with the video games. 2K confirming there will not be a mainline uh, proper quote-unquote simulation WWE 2K game for this year, the last last year's game, uh, let's just call a spade a spade, was pretty much a disaster on any by any metric you want to. I mean, I don't know how it sold. Maybe it maybe it still ended up selling well, but it was very bad. It, it was very bad days. and they're not doing yeah. one. But Good call. Uh, they're so they're taking <laughs> they're taking the year off there, but they are still going to be releasing. They have a new game. It's almost as if they had like a backup plan. Here, uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds yep. will be out this fall, a new <laughs> arcade-style brawler. And it's have being you seen made, it? Uh, the tra- I mean, the trailer looks, it could be goofy fun. Why not? Yeah, it's like uh, the NFL Blitz of wrestling, right? Right, and it's in fact, it's made by Sabre Interactive, who's who does the NBA 2K Playgrounds, also for 2K. So it's that exact same kind of over the top NFL blitz, NBA jam kind of uh, kind of vibe, but applied to the WWE. I'll give them this: uh, the gameplay looks fine. The art direction, I just think it looks odd. They all look really it, plasticky and yeah. And well, that's it. Seems strange. to be by design. Yeah, it's thematic. Whether I mean, you like it or not, I mean, it's like, it's clearly a, a choice. Yeah. You have to go overly stylized to when you have actual likenesses of real people who are being fed to crocodiles. You know, <laughs> like you you can't you can't have a photorealistic John Cena getting mauled by a reptile. Like I don't think that's cool with his PR agent, but um, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like it's super hyper over the top, so they need an art style to match it. Do you They're think allowed that they, to have uh, agents? <laughs> <laughs> do you oh, think that they, uh, hey Brandon? Do you think they borrowed the 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 gator feeding tech from the mafia team at Two K? Yep. They all work so closely <laughs> together. I don't know. Is, is that a is that a dot like exe that you can just file save as and really lever- leveraging companies' energy <laughs> yeah. to make the best product possible? We posted the trailer over on YouTube, and uh, people do not like. The art style. No, they it's, think it it's not I, going over well. I no, think there's a way you can do cartoony fun with a likeness of people without looking like this. these characters. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. 
I, I've got no skin in the game on this one. I'm I'm not a WWE person, but I just I again I find the the larger story fascinating that the game yeah. tanked and then they've got they've got this other thing that they they I'm sure they were probably they were going to be putting this out anyway. Probably the intention was alongside the yeah. proper WWE 2K21, but now this battlegrounds is the main thing, and maybe it was never meant to be the main thing, and the community is having. Uh, an interesting reaction to it as you talked about, Destin. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Saltzman did our review and we almost did a glitch montage video just of, from of 2K20. Of 2K20, just yeah. from his general capture. It's just, you know, we got distracted with the <laughs> 9 million other things we're doing. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at his, his review right now. It did not review favorably. And if you go watch the IGN review for WWE 2K20 or just you're a WWE fan, you already know that game not great <laughs> it, it did not go over great tons of major you hate problems to see it we gave it a four point <laughs> yeah we gave it a spoilers it. we gave it a 4.3 wow who it's very specific wow. <laughs> what did it do to earn that point three that's uh that's yeah. what i want to know yeah it just uh, it works sometimes <laughs> so Yes, favorite wrestlers from across eras in over-the-top superstar designs will star in the new wrestling game. 2K says it's focusing on social pick-up-and-play fun instead of a more traditional wrestling sim due for release this fall. Now, as for WWE 2K21, the company said that it has heard feedback from fans regarding 2K20, uh, and it's expanding the production timeline for the next WWE 2K game. That's good. Quote, Good. We are applying what we've learned to the next WWE 2K simulation with a renewed focus on quality and fun. As part of that commitment, we are extending the production timeline and will not be releasing a WWE 2K simulation game in the fiscal year 2021. All it took was nonstop lambasting of their product in order for them to say, hey, maybe we should stop rushing these out the door and, you know, make sure some QC gets all over it. I mean, when when literally everybody who plays that game has technical problems, it's a rush product. And they they honestly, what if they had just delayed it, refined it and released and did this that year and released this product in 2021? Maybe there's something weird with the console generation. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, it's uh, development is is a hell of a challenge, no matter whether you're up against a generational gap or, or not. But you know, I wonder, too. So. Yeah, that too. I mean, I've talked about that on here before from because I talked to Ramon Russell a few times a year. He's at, at Sony San Diego on the MLB The Show franchise. And I've talked to him. I talked to him almost probably every year. I just say, man, you guys, I don't know how you guys do it because sports game developers have effectively nine months to create a new game each year because there's a little bit of pre-production and then there's just certification and testing for the last bit of that as well so you just you don't get a lot of time on an annualized franchise and it's it's really it's a really difficult you know as if game development's hard enough as it is from everything we hear and read and see and talk to people about but boy doing it on an annual basis in in those kind of sprints is uh is pretty crazy now I too, I, the other point I wanted to bring up on this is I wonder if the WWE itself had any say in this, in this decision because they're the license holder. It's in their interest to not have uh, a crappy product with their name on it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, they, if there's any sort of 
clause in the contract that says if it if the Metacritic is below a certain point, we can reevaluate for that year, or or if they just if they maybe it's less formal than that, and they just kind of pick up the phone and call 2K and say, hey, you know, how do we how do we make this right? I don't know. I, I but you got to figure the WWE was involved in this somehow. Mm-hmm. I imagine so. I mean, look at look how uh, protective Lucas is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like at, at some point when you're licensing Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, like all these major licensees, you know, they do have a hand in it. And and at some point there is such a thing as a product damaging the brand, even if it is a licensed video game. So I, you know, I imagine they step in or, or at least have a strongly uh, focused conversation. Right. I mean, hey, you want to maintain a healthy business relationship because WWE 2K makes 2K a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So you probably want to make sure you're staying on good terms with your licensor. All right, let's do, but we're starting to run out of time here. Let's get to the loot box and hopefully we can squeeze in both that and unlock block trivia. So on the loot box side, this question left over from last week. We didn't get to it last week. Uh, Mark from Stourbridge in the UK asks, what are your favorite Xbox console launch memories? He says, I remember buying my launch 360 back in 2005 with Perfect Dark Zero, King Kong, and then, of course, you got Hexic HD on the hard drive. Hexic. Yeah. Very good. He spent, he spent months playing against Perfect Dark Zero bots, and it was the best thing ever until he finally got Xbox Live. So quickly, I want to go around the virtual table here. And it, you know, so it could be original Xbox, 360, Xbox One. Give me a fun memory from the launch of, uh, of one of the Xbox consoles. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, mine's pretty easy because the Xbox 360, for me, I was able to get it a few weeks ahead of actual launch because I, I won my 360 through the Mountain Dew thing, and they shipped it to me a tad early. <laughs> There was this Mountain Dew thing where you could collect bottle caps, and apparently everybody where I worked had bottle caps, and people would just give them to me. So I would nice. go enter them all, and then I'm like, yeah, I, I won the console. They were like, what, really? It worked? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because I would find the optimal time to enter because you can see how many entrants there were. And at like 3 a.m., I'd just like say, okay, put the 150 codes in the pool of – 500 so my right. chances were like good one for in you f- one in four and i won the 360 i played the crap at a hexic i was playing uh i think need for speed was one of my early games i also love perfect dark and uh there's another game but i won't steal yours ryan <laughs> oh yeah well yeah. since you set me up i'll go next. um the two that come to mind yeah i mean I, for me it's the 360 launch as well because the xbox one i was at ign and and it was fine. It was, but it just, it doesn't strike me as, it's not eventful in my memory the way that the 360 launch definitely was. We got, uh, we got ours super early too, because I was at OXM at the time and magazines operated the future. So we got them at the end of September. So two, two full months early. Wow. And so we started reviewing games and stuff. And, and I'll tell you, uh, Condemned, which mm, is oh, still yeah. one of my favorite 360 launch games. And uh, first person melee, just creepy. I, I don't know if I'd quite call it a horror game, but it's it's definitely a psychological thriller of sorts. Uh, the, the, of course, the infamous mannequin level in the department store. There's the elementary. The the God, the elementary school was <laughs> terrifying. 
but just I, I actually had to have a friend of mine come over and it was only a one player game, but I had to have him just play it with me, just sit there because I did not want to play that game by myself. It was so creepy, but Condemned was so well done. Condemned 2 never just never did it for me the same way. Uh, but man, yeah, I, I, that was my sleeper launch title. Because I mean, you had Call of Duty 2, which was brilliant. Uh, Project Gotham Racing 3, which was oh, yeah. also brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, Hexic HD was awesome, pre-installed on the hard drive too. But Condemned, yay, that was uh, <laughs> just nervously, anxiously trying to get through Condemned with my friend Brian was uh, was good times. Brandon? Everyone needs a Brian. Yes. Um, I don't really have a launch event memory. I'm, I don't think I've ever gone to a console launch event. Um, the closest I got is like my Amazon order has shipped. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, my Xbox 360 is probably, I think the only launch events I've ever actually gone to were like GTA 4 and was something for World of Warcraft. But um, the Xbox 360 was around the time where I started purchasing my own major purchases. So, you know, I budgeted for it and all that. And I think I picked it up six months after it launched. Um, but I bought it with Dead Rising. And I played nice. Dead Rising for three straight days. Um, you know, just over and over and over again, trying to get the best pathing on that it. That game was tough. Right angle. Uh, it was hard, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember how hard it was. But I remember thinking, because I don't know if you guys remember, uh, that was right around the time when, like, Dawn of the Dead, the remake, or Day of the Dead, whatever mm-hmm. it was, uh, with Mackay Pfeiffer when they're in the super the the mall, and I remember thinking just like there was a perfect tie-in for that, and what a cool experience it would be to survive a zombie apocalypse in a mall. You have all these resources at your disposal. I'm gonna duct tape a knife to a golf club, and <laughs> um, and then you could do that in Dead Rising. Yep. And I I played the hell out of that game and just really really loved it. And I think that was probably and and you could get my the Mega Man be, suit. What? Yeah, the Mega Man suit. Mm-hmm. Did you find the lightsaber? Uh, I don't remember, but I know if you kill the enough zombies, if you kill the population of the town, the town, yeah, yeah, you get the, the mega blaster, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, but that Gears was... of War as well. There's a there's a moment in Gears of War for me where uh, it's really early on in the campaign, but uh, Marcus come around the corner or whatever, and you see like this landscape, and there's this single god ray coming down, and it was the first time I had ever really seen that in a video game. Uh, on that new tech, and I just remember thinking, like, yeah, this is it, man. This is the future <laughs> of video games right here. Look at that lighting. Um, stunning game. Yeah, so that was that was uh, something that always stands out for me. Miranda? Oh, man. Uh, when the Xbox 360 launched, it was a little before I really cared about launch titles, or, like, launch because I was really young. Um one of my, I guess, early Xbox 360 memories is being really jealous that my boyfriend at the time had Gears of War and I didn't. My mom wouldn't buy it for me and my dad wouldn't either, but he had it and he was playing it all the time and not talking to me. And I was really <laughs> mad that he was playing it. Not that he was not talking. To me. It's like, I want that. <laughs> uh, that was one thing I remembered. And then for, I guess, most notable, I guess, would be the Xbox One launch. Um that's when I was in college and I had money because I was working like two jobs. I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the day one edition. I'm so excited. And then something went wrong with the GameStop that I pre-ordered at. And they just gave me a regular ass Xbox One and not my day one edition. And I was so pissed. Oh, and then man. I had an issue with the power brick and then I had to send stuff back. 
But then I had like doubles of a bunch of stuff, which was weird, but fine. And so pretty much my launch memories are just kind of chaos. <laughs> but it's well, okay. Here's hoping that you have better memories this fall yes. with the Series X. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it won't be long. I mean, you look at the calendar. We're at the end of April. So we're at, at, at the most, it's going to be, what, seven more months. Yeah, wow. seven seven months or less. There is no way it's going to be more than seven months, provided that again, as Phil has said, they're on they're they're still on track for this year. So we are looking at seven months, probably. I mean, most likely it's between six and seven, because six months from now would put us at the end of October. So probably if I were, if I were a betting man, as I am, uh, I would say six and a half months is about what we're what we're looking at for uh, from here on out. So. It won't be too much longer. Mm. All right. We'll do the trivia next week. No. We're about out of time. I know. I sorry. We all, I think we all know it anyway. <laughs> Good. Ah. Well, I'm happy to give everybody, get everybody a point. You got another week to think about it, but don't Google it. Uh, but yeah, I'll give the shout out anyway. Johnny Thomas, his gamer tag is Johnny Jet. We'll get to his trivia question next week. And again, please keep your trivia questions coming. I need more good ones. Unlocked at IGN.com. The question for multiple choice answers would love more good questions to be able to stump the panel with here. So with that, uh, we'll head out. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Uh, hey, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell. Mr. Legary. At Destin Legary. Very soon, if you follow me on Twitter, you're probably going to see my wife cut my hair because it's getting too long. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so stay tuned. I have a, uh, I'm, I'm barreling I have towards that eventuality, yeah. too. I, if, yeah, if this is, I'm just like kind of planting yeah. it all down at this point. It's just, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I'm, I feel blessed, though. I'm 39 and still have a full head of hair, so nice. I can't complain. Miranda Sanchez, please take us home. Yes, you can find me at HavocRose, and that's Havoc with the K on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. And uh, I just got to trim my bank, so I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> All set. All right. For Destin, Brandon, and Miranda, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 441. We will see you all next time.